3: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, What's going on grid. This is
4: SportsGrid. Get on the grid.
2: Good morning. Wake up!
0: The Morning Line.
1: Line up ladies!
4: All right, here we go. It is time people for Friday, November the 22nd, 2019, just a week away from Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble people, gobble, damn gobble. We are excited. A, because we've made it to a Friday, so you got to be jumping for joy there. But B, we got another exciting weekend of football, basketball, college hoops, college football. We got a little bit of everything going on here, so we are pumped up. It is the morning line. Brought to you by SportsGrid.com. Guys, welcome in here, and thank you so very much for making us a part of your day. We will help you uh, get a grip on what happened here last night. We'll run through some of these uh, scores. Big night, of course, in the AFC South with, uh, with the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. As week 12 of the NFL season kicked off, we also had week 13. Of the college football season, a big ACC matchup between the uh, couple of bottom dwellers there and North Carolina State taking on Georgia Tech. Can I tell you, might have very well been the most exciting game of the night. Big, furious comeback in that one. We'll hope uh, that you are on the right side of it because there was a lot of market movement in there. There was also a whole lot of late market movement in the NFL game there between the Texans and the Colts. We only had two NBA games last night, and both of those proved to be a bit bit of a head-scratcher. And then, of course, we had 38 college basketball games, a couple in Madison Square Garden, a couple in the Bahamas, a couple in Charleston. It is tournament time in college hoops here over the next month, especially during the holidays. It's always a good time. Plenty of opportunities. To profit here in college hoops during tournament time instead of uh, getting to go home uh, for the Thanksgiving uh, weekend for the break there. Nope. College kids, basketball players, they get to travel and they get to go to different places and take on a bunch of teams they normally wouldn't play. It's a lot of fun. It gives us an opportunity, of course, to be able to profit from that traveling and playing those teams that they don't often see. And uh, congratulations uh, to Coach K winning another. Game last night uh, and, of course, setting all sorts of records. I think, honestly, uh, like Tom Brady, Coach K will probably coach until he's 100 years old. Just like Tom Brady, in all likelihood, will play until he's 100 years old. Ridiculous. Ah, uh, But we'll start with last night. Jacoby Brissett banged up a little bit this year, taking on Deshaun Watson. These two teams last night. Uh, it's kind of an elimination game for Texas in in a way that they were only one game in front of the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, but they didn't have the tiebreaker because they had lost when they played earlier this year. So another loss by the Texans to the Indianapolis Colts would have mean basically any sort of uh, any sort of tie if they don't run away with it here in the second half of the season, which in all likelihood. It's not going to happen. It's an, it's going to go down to the wire. Well, that means the Indianapolis Colts have to leg up because all they have to do is they don't have to actually win more games. They just got to tie the Texans, and they will win the tiebreaker. So this was a big game for the Texans. It was also a bit of an interesting game all week long from a numbers standpoint. It opened up Texans uh, five and a half, six in some books. It was bet down to 3.5 for most of the week. Giving the Texans the uh, the nod there because of the home field advantage and the Texans really some crazy home road splits this year. Much better, Deshaun Watson, the defense, much better at home than on the road. The Texans have enjoyed that kind of success. Meanwhile, the Indianapolis Colts uh, they came in here uh, losers of uh, two out of their last three, but they have been a little banged up. Last night they got T. Y. Hilton back, which was always good news. They had lost. Their leading rusher Marlon Mack uh, last week to a broken hand. But Jacoby Brissett was back. No more Brian Hoyer. They just ran over the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Things were seemed to be looking up for the Indianapolis Colts. And can I tell you, things were looking really good last night for the Colts, too, right up until there's this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is, um, and you fantasy players, I'm sure you might have heard of him. Uh, what's his name again? Um, Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, it, bold strategy by the Indianapolis Colts uh, defense last night. Didn't uh, never would have considered this, but it almost worked. Um, they decided just not to cover him, really, uh, which is, again, bold. Uh, the fact that you have uh, one of the, I don't know, top three wide receivers, in the NFL, and you just, uh, you opt to let them hang out uh, in the end zone, uh, which is interesting. The, uh, didn't work out all that well in the end for the Indianapolis Colts because we did have a Texans victory, 20 to 17, which is interesting for those of you that were holding Texans tickets because that line started to creep up even more money coming in at the Texans late before kickoff. Went from three and a half. And I'm seeing a closing line of four in a lot of places, guys. And that means 20 to 17. No math whiz here. I don't even have to take my shoes and socks off for this one here, guys. I can count it. Don't need the toes. Yeah, that's not a winning combination, having a Texans victory last night. Unless you went money line, kudos to you, at minus 200. But they did not cover. They probably should have covered, but they did not cover. They did get to the red zone a couple of times, had to settle for some early field goals instead of touchdowns. There was an interception. There was a possible phantom fumble at the end of the game. Yeah, there was a whole lot of what you uh, would expect here for a Week 12 matchup between these two rivals, the Texans and the Colts. But DeAndre Hopkins uh, finished with 298 yards, guys. Two, yeah, yep, nope, not a misprint. At least I don't think it's a misprint. Nope, 298. Yep, 298 yards. That's what he caught last night. Uh, But again, bold strategy by the Indianapolis Colts to just let him roam free in the secondary like that. And uh, obviously go man-to-man on him on the outside with a guy that, quite honestly, I could probably, or hell, even Bavona could probably outrun. Because uh, it didn't take DeAndre Hopkins all that long to uh, burn most of them off the line for 298 yards. Oh, yeah, and two touchdowns. Unbelievable. So, Texans win, Colts lose. Colts cover. We'll talk about the total, we'll talk about a few other tidbits of information from that game. We'll do it. Come back. The morning line. This is sportsgrid.com. Happy Friday.
1: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
4: plays one reception on one target here's Brissett gets a block and gets the touchdown Watson out to his right end zone wide open pass caught Hopkins for the touchdown here's Williams survives a hit keeps on going to the end zone for the touchdown Watson end zone Hopkins say hi to mom again touchdown Hopkins yeah it was uh the DeAndre Hopkins show there last night as the Texans took down the Colts 20 to 17 and that kicked off of course NFL week 12 and by doing so they also they take over first place in the AFC South welcome in here to the grid SportsGrid.com, and it it's time for The Morning Line. I am Joe Ranieri, getting you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports. Plus, we'll take a look ahead. College football here tonight for sure. We got another interesting battle going on, a little Mount West football. Wyoming. We'll give you guys an opportunity to check out Wyoming tonight. That's right. I bet you didn't even know they had a football uh, team. But, oh, they got a football team, and they're actually – they're actually pretty darn good, too. So we'll take a look at Colorado State-Wyoming tonight. We'll take a look at some of these look-ahead lines for Thanksgiving games. Uh, they are early out. We'll give you those numbers. Plus, we'll break down the uh, the two games in the NBA last night, and hopefully you are on the winning side of both. But just to wrap up, of course, the, uh, the Colts victory there last night, uh, it was... Quite honestly, a just buck wild wide receiver night. It, they were partying. They got Will Fuller back for the uh, for the Texans. And, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson could not have been happier with the way things worked out. So he did end up uh, it in total with 298 yards, that being Deshaun Watson. He did have two touchdown passes to DeAndre Hopkins. And it, they just kept moving the ball all night long. Uh, Hopkins actually finished with 94 yards receiving. His first TD reception came when uh, he was, for some reason, just left wide open in the middle of the uh, end zone on a 35 yard uh, pass. That was in the second quarter. And then uh, he ran over to the back of that end zone and gave uh, his mom there, who was uh, right there up against the wall, and gave her the football. It was a nice moment. And apparently she wanted another football. So, again, in the fourth quarter, when once again the Colts employed that defense of let's not cover Hopkins. And let him uh, just run wild he scored on another touchdown pass which ultimately allowed him to go give uh, mama hopkins yet another football in that game so joe buck as you heard there in the highlight was having all sorts of fun with that uh listen it was pretty obvious why the texans won last night although it didn't look good it wasn't pretty guys early on it was not pretty we told you that the line in this game it was three and a half. It was pushed to four late. There was an awful lot of money that came in on the Houston Texans late here. Pushed that up to four in a lot of books here on both coasts. Uh, but if you were lucky enough to keep it at three and a half, you still lost. So it really doesn't make a difference. The only way you were going to win that game is if you went to uh, you went on the Texans money line. And if you did that and you laid the minus 190 to, uh, to 200, uh, congratulations. But if you did uh, lay the points, the three, at least the three and a half, because I never saw it get the three. I did see it at four, though. If you guys uh, covered the Colts, boom, congratulations. Colts may not have won, but the Colts certainly covered, even though they decided never to uh, cover anybody in the secondary there. And we told you it, was, uh, it really was the Deshaun Watson wide receiver show there. Wolf Fuller playing in his first game since the Texans lost to the Colts, by the way, in week seven. He had two huge bombs that he caught, too. Watson was just chucking it up, doing the a la Jameis Winston-Mike Evans uh, combination there. The whole, let me just throw it as far as I can, and hopefully they'll come down with it. And they did. Um, He was just, he was throwing balls all over the place. Uh, I believe Fuller caught one for 44 yards, another one for 51. And that 51-yard pass covered. Close to 60 yards in the air. So Watson was airing it out last night. Ironically enough, the game plan for the Colts, or at least the what we had thought was going to happen, was they were definitely, that offensive line of the Colts, very dominant when it comes to the running game. They are a top-10 run offensive line, even without Mack in there. The Texans aren't great against the run. But the thing about the Texans is they're secondary. They had four guys playing in the secondary that are all backups or backups backups. They are decimated in the secondary. So the thought process was that they would go ahead and establish the run and open things up for Jacoby Brissett. And, oh, yeah, T.Y. Hilton was back last night. Yes, that's right. They got T.Y. Hilton back. So he's practiced all week. And he was in the lineup, so many people, and I'm sure you fantasy folks and owners of T.Y. Hilton, thought it was going to be a huge night going up against a backup secondary, right? What the, What in the world could go wrong? The problem with playing a Indianapolis Colts wide receiver there last night was the fact that... Um, Frank Reich, who I've given credit to all year long, and I like Frank Reich. I I think he's one of the better coaches uh, in the league. I really, really do. There has to have been something else going on there last night. Honestly, there had to have been something else happening that we didn't know about, uh, that we weren't uh, privy to because they never threw the ball. They absolutely never threw the ball. They were running the ball every chance they got. There were stretches there, guys, that were just unbelievable where they had 12, 13 play drives where they ran the ball 10 times uh, in in some of these uh, situations there. Uh, None of it made any sense that they just did not try to run the uh, they did not try to pass the ball to TY Hilton at all last night. None of it made any sense. Now, I don't know if it's because that TY Hilton, I mean he had a couple of drops that would have set up at least one scoring drive. I get it, but Jonathan Williams uh and Naheem Hines, that's all they kept doing was try and pass the ball and it really didn't make a difference. I don't know if that was the game plan or maybe Hilton said I don't I can't have a I don't know what was going on there, but They ran the ball a ridiculous amount of time. Jacoby Brissett, to put it in perspective here, guys, Jacoby Brissett threw for 129 yards, right? Um, He only threw the ball 16 times. And again, I'll remind you, that secondary, almost dead last rated here over the last couple of weeks because of all the injuries and because you have backups and backups, backups. And for some reason, uh, Frank Reich and company thought it would be great if we just kept running the ball against the 29th ranked secondary, the 29th ranked defense against the pass, instead of trying to get the ball in any way, shape or form through the air to a wide receiver of sorts, especially T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, no, didn't work out. 129 yards. They were trying to play keep away. The problem with playing keep away is that if you're going to allow guys like you know Fuller and Hopkins to run free in the secondary, well, it's not going to take them very long to throw 50, 60 yard bombs, connect, and they'll score. And they did it. They, uh, you know, who am I to uh, who am I to second guess here? But if you want to know why the Colts lost. The Colts lost because they didn't throw the ball, as strange as that is. And I get that offensive line is good, and Williams had a great night, guys. I mean, there's nothing to say. Those of you that had any of those uh, props with Jonathan Williams, good deal. I mean, he had over 100. He had 106 yards. He did have a touchdown. He had 26 carries. Uh, they just seemed like they were hell-bent on running the ball. That was it. I don't know if it was time of – you wanted to have time of possession. You wanted to keep them off the field. I get it. But in order for that to work, you actually have to cover somebody in the secondary. But when it was all said and done, it was a 20-17 to victory. And now, congratulations, the Texans really do have sole possession of first place in the AFC South. They also now put themselves in a pretty good position with the tiebreaker. Uh, So the Colts, you've now lost one out of your, you know, one out of last, uh, I think they're one and three in their last four. So... Something's got to give here. I know they've been decimated with injuries as well. you got to figure out a way to win these games, especially last night. We'll take a look ahead uh, tonight as to what's on the card here. and We'll get you ready for the weekend. We'll do that next. The Morning Line, SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into The Grid. That's right, sportsgrid.com. Welcome in, those of you, Pluto TV, Channel 517. It's nice to have you here. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day here on sportsgrid.com. Do want to also remind you guys of uh, that? uh, You can put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot. Open yourself up a sports wagering account. You can do so with FanDuel. It is New Jersey's largest sports book. That is correct. The largest sports book. You can go to FanDuel.com. Yep, I know. Uh, FanDuel.com forward slash Grid is where you can go to receive a free bet of up to five hundred bucks. That's right. A free bet of up to five hundred dollars can be yours simply by heading over to. FanDuel.com forward slash grid. That's a free bet, 500 bucks, simply by opening a sports wagering account today at FanDuel.com forward slash grid. You got point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, college, and pro sports. You are definitely in control if you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, open your new account, claim your free wager of up to $500, and do it today, guys. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And thank you guys very much for stopping by here on the grid. It is the morning after. I'm Joe Ranieri. Thanks for making us a part of your day as we take a look as to what is going to happen a little later today, which will include a whole lot of we got some NBA, big night in the NBA. We got more NHL action, 10 NBA games in total, two NHL games, 53. Count them. one. Well, you don't have to count them, but just take my word for it. 53 college basketball games here tonight. One college football game, just one. Mountain West football, guys. Little Mountain West after dark. Nothing like it as you're going to be uh, checking out Wyoming. And, man, you have not lived until you have seen Wyoming football play. All right. Colorado State, Wyoming tonight, Big Mountain West matchup and actually some value in that game, which we will get to. But it is loaded today when I tell you loaded as we get ready for gobble, gobble, turkle, uh, turkey day rather next week. And we do have I'll just throw these out for you here, guys, because I want you to know what's coming up. And we will get, of course, Saturday, big, huge college football day, Sunday and then it's another short week, so we these Thanksgiving Day games, we do have some look-ahead lines here that I want to pass along to you. And if you don't know what the games are, here you go. The Bears taking on the Lions. That's going to be your 12:30 Fox game, right? Bears-Lions. And even though we have absolutely no idea who's going to start well, for either team, not sure if Matt Stafford is back, not sure what's happening with Trubisky. I, they probably, they're probably they not playing this week, this Sunday, so who knows what their availability is going to be uh, for the Thursday night uh, for the Thanksgiving game. But Bears-Lions, Detroit is a one-point look-ahead line favorite in this one. It's in Detroit for Thanksgiving. The afternoon game, 4.30. The Buffalo Bills traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this will be interesting to monitor, guys when the line opens up following Sunday night's, uh, you know, the full slate of Sunday night games when they release it, you know the Cowboys are America's team. Well, at least that's what Jerry wants you to believe. But you also know that they seriously are public darlings. The public loves them. So considering we know that this is going to be a standalone game of sorts and that, you know, the whole world is going to be watching – It's going to be fun to see what happens here from the standpoint of the how much of the public support and line movement are we going to get? And will it create a whole lot of value for the Buffalo Bills here? Because Dallas is already a look ahead of seven points here. Dallas seven-point favorite. But that number could get inflated, guys, because—and I don't care what happens uh, with—well— Keep this in mind, too. If if Dallas wins in New England on Sunday, I can guarantee you this is going to border on closer to double digits for Thanksgiving. So there is uh, monitor this game, monitor the outcome on Sunday, obviously. But when that Sunday night, when those odds come out, if in fact the Cowboys are victorious in Foxborough, you can count on this line getting way overinflated against the Bills as the Bills will travel to Arlington on thursday for thanksgiving and again the look ahead is seven keep an eye on that saints falcons your night game and way to go falcons by the way i don't think we can say enough about the uh uh, the atlanta falcons for actually getting their crap together here and and sparing us having to watch a winless team take on the uh new orleans saints uh in what would be a, a demolition really with Drew Brees and company, but now all of a sudden this game got a little this game got a little juice going on to it now. It's also got a New Orleans four and a half point favorite look ahead line in this game, and the reason I say that is because listen, the Falcons beat the Saints. If you uh, not record, they are coming back. Uh, they had a bye, remember week nine, I believe it was week ten. They come back, and whatever it was that they did during that bye week, it worked. And dare I say the Falcons are just a couple of wins away from saving Dan Quinn's job? Could it be? eh, No? Yes? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Whatever changes they made, and from what I understand, the changes the Falcons made were with inside the coaching rooms. They apparently mixed and matched. They, They took whoever the defensive guys were. They they reassigned them they took a wide receivers coach and put him in charge of uh, the defense they did a whole lot of weird things but can i tell you something you can't argue with the results the results sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees meaning that sometimes when you're in that room you you think you're doing everything right you just there's no perspective sometimes a change is uh, is pretty good and apparently it worked really well for the falcons so instead of us getting a crap game to end the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, this is gonna have some juice here, especially given the fact that the Falcons went to New Orleans and beat, not just beat, SmackDown, like beat the crap out of uh out of the Saints. And now the Saints will have a chance to return the favor on Thanksgiving. On the road. So keep an eye on that game. And if the Falcons win again this weekend, folks, this line is just gonna continue to move towards the Falcons. This is gonna be a whole lot of fun. Divisional matchup. Cowboys-Bills, not a divisional matchup. Bears-Lions, definitely a divisional matchup. So keep keep in mind those numbers. Watch the outcomes. Know the look-ahead lines. So this way, when those lines get released on Sunday night, if you happen to be in front of a uh, computer waiting for it, guys, then understand that that's what's there's going to be especially in that Bills Dallas game, depending on the, I think depending on the outcome of all three of those games, this week, those teams, all six of those teams involved, there's going to be some value available, especially early on when the lines open up for the Thanksgiving Day game. So keep that in mind. All right, so we told you last night, Texans, 2017, they win first place. If you had the under in last night's game. And I'm hoping you had something that looked like a undercard in your uh, in your repertoire of tickets last night. I am certainly hoping that you did because that would have been uh, that would have been great. The first half line the first half total anybody 23. Yeah, 23. They didn't score 23 points. In fact, we were there was some questions there on whether or not they were actually going to score I don't know 10 points in the first half. It was a very slow and methodical First half, proving once again what I've been telling you guys for a while now. These uh, primetime games, the total was 46 and a half. Yeah, didn't get there either, guys. So once again, unders, both first half and full game, continue to be extremely profitable this year. And if I told you once, I've told you a hundred times, guys, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Not to mention road dogs. Continue to be profitable this year. And that's exactly what Indy was. Indy was a road dog getting three and a half, four points, depending on where you were going, guys. And voila, they didn't win, but they covered. And that's all that matters as far as we're concerned here. So, with Indy taking the cover, get a load of these numbers. Road dogs have now improved to 62 and 39 against the number this year. Guys, that is almost 62%. 62% road dogs have been killing it against the number, which also means contrarians, contrarians crushing it. Because I can tell you this, that line moved to four in a lot of books, not because uh, of uh, necessarily sharp plenty, but absolutely because the public was hammering the Houston Texans last night. In love with the Houston Texans at home short week. They were also hammering the over. The over was getting a lot of love last night in that game. It was not gonna, no, didn't work. Yep, short road dogs, and what's defined as a short road dog? Six points or less. If you're getting six points or less, which the Indianapolis Colts were doing, that is now 42 and 29 against the number on the season. That's 60. percent You starting to see a theme here? I'm just throwing it out there. Keep keep an eye on it this uh, this Sunday here. And finally, you want to boil it down even more. How about road? divisional dogs like the Colts last night 18 and 9 against the number 67 percent so when you have 12 weeks worth of data 11 weeks worth of data guys and the numbers continue to hover around that 60 percent mark across the board you know there are some things you want to get in front of there are other things that you know like don't Don't argue. Don't try to get cute. Do do not try and uh, make something out to be there that's not. The under, 46 and a half, also with these primetime games. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. I've been preaching this to you guys all year long. It has been one of the most profitable plays on the board every week. 23 and 12 now. 66% primetime games to the under it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. Yes. And by the way, these are some historical numbers. We'll tell you on the scope of it just how ridiculous this is this year. Plus, we'll look ahead at these games tonight. Next on The Morning Line. know if you guys heard this though but a uh, little side note here motley crew has signed on for a new tour yeah right you heard that too i know pavona you're a big crew fan there i've uh my very first motley crew concert was theater of pain back in the uh back in the mid 80s there uh, i was uh snuck into the concert probably shouldn't have been there uh but it was a uh, very eye-opening uh, experience there as a uh, 13-year-old trying to uh, to hanging out with the Theater of Pain crew there of Motley Crew. Awesome concert. Then went on, uh, you know, girls, girls, girls. I mean, we went we went. Dr. Feelgood was another classic uh, show. And, and, hell, even when they were old and crusty touring with Kiss here over oh, the last couple of years, their final tour, um, even then they were still just as good as they have always been watching uh, Tommy Lee in a cage over the uh you know like is he going to fall out like what's what's going to happen there still doing it and we thought that was it they had said they were not touring anymore they were they were calling it quits and Mötley Crüe has now uh, come out Vince Neil there on Twitter came out and announced like no nope, we're doing it man we're coming back out and i think they're going with it, it's a tour with a couple of other hair bands from the 80s like Poison or something one of those something along those lines uh it's gonna be Bavona they had announced. Yeah, it's and poison. It's, it'll be good to get crew. I believe it's it Poison. It is poison then. And... Oh god. Brett Michael. Oh Yeah, exactly. It's uh Molly oh, Crew, it's Def Leppard, and Poison. More exci- most excited for Def Leppard And poison. All right, so yeah, exactly. Well Def Leppard is great, man. He you, you know, the uh the one uh the yeah, one armed you know drummer, I mean? he's awesome. The uh Yes, 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 the one armed uh, the one armed bandit there is uh is crazy. Uh and I actually saw him in concert too and it was pretty Pretty darn cool, man, seeing the way they were able to do that. But like uh, yeah, every rose has its thorn. Yeah, no, I'm good. Poison, I'm good.
0: No, I, I really like the dirt the, whole, the uh, movie.
4: Yes, also very good. Yeah, yep. it's funny. Yep, <laughs> very, very good. Yep. It was exactly correct. But the whole um yeah, that whole poison. Th- I don't know what they lost a bet. Like uh they had to like maybe Brett Michaels is like, dude, you gotta take me out on tour kind of situation. I don't know. Very strange. Uh, but get ready for some crew. Uh, Also, get ready for some more Carmelo Anthony, guys. Uh, Night number two last night, game two, Portland taking on the Milwaukee Bucks last night. And interesting situation here where you had Milwaukee as a 13 and a half point favorite in this matchup. You had a total of uh, 229. And that was being bet down because most people were like, how in the hell are the Portland Trailblazers going to score any points? Not like they lit him up there in the first time with Carmelo Anthony. Damian Lillard's hurt. Zach Collins is hurt. Everybody is hurt on the Portland Trailblazers. They're playing basically with a B team. And now they had to travel to Milwaukee where you have Giannis and company. Uh, you had Eric Bledsoe. You know, you got a whole lot of uh, firepower there going on in Milwaukee. Laying the 13 and a half points. A lot of people took the under in this game. It did uh, creep down as the night went on. Unfortunately, Milwaukee won. But Portland covered. There were more points in this game than you can shake a stick at proving once again that the uh the NBA just does not play defense. Nope, does not play defense. Carmelo Anthony guys, 18 points last night. Actually pretty damn uh pretty darn good, man. He was uh he was pretty good. They didn't they were playing guys from Portland that honestly you You'd have no idea who they were. Uh, their stats were non-existent. You're looking up Wikipedia, like, who are these guys? I have no idea. Like, what the hell's going on? You had no Whiteside. You had no Lillard. You had no Collins. And you had no Nurkic still. So you're looking at the Portland Trailblazers last night going, how in the hell are they going to score any points? Well, C.J. McCollum is still there, and he went off for 37. Um, Scal Labassieri added 22 points and 12 boards and 5 blocks off of the bench how was that how many of you had him in your DFS lineups last night raise you you liar you're a liar no you didn't nobody did the Trailblazers lost their third game seventh of the last nine uh went out the window there last night uh, it's also their strict uh sixth straight loss against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee uh the Bucks made the first seven shots including three threes last night they were leading 17 to six. They never trailed, but quite honestly, if you laid the 13 and a half points, you were probably like, "Wow, this is going to be easy. I mean, who in the hell is going to score points?" Not only did they hit the over guys, the box, by the way. first half. 72.58. So give Portland credit and uh, and it started with Carmelo too, man. Carmelo. They ran everything through Carmelo, or at least a lot of stuff through Carmelo again last night, 18 points, four assists, seven boards. Starting to get his legs under him, and uh, they were e- even in defeat. It was a pretty, it was a pretty impressive loss, even for the Portland Trail Blazers, given what they did. A Lot of heart last night. They also covered, which is really the most important thing if you are looking at that. In the nightcap, Phoenix, Phoenix and New Orleans uh, went toe to toe last night, and Phoenix, the upstart, New Orleans also decimated by injuries. Bunch of dudes playing. You got like. No idea who these people are. In fact, you had Brandon Ingram, who you know, but he had four fouls in that game. Played pretty much most of the second half in foul trouble there. So he wasn't nearly as uh, as aggressive, but he scored 15 of his 28 in the fourth quarter. J.J. Redick, uh, you know who he is. He continues to shoot the rock. 26 points last night. The Pelicans, 124-121 victory. They were getting four points last night. So if you backed New Orleans... Last night in that game, taking the points over Phoenix because you're not buying the Phoenix Suns. Good job. 124-121 outright win plus 130 on the money line. For those of you that went that direction with New Orleans. Also, the over last night. What a shock. An over. Uh, Barely over, though. Uh, No, not really. I mean, it was 233. 233 and a half is what your closing line total was for this matchup. The books expected scoring. They got it. They just ended up getting 245 points of scoring there. So the over hits in both games yesterday. And the dogs both win. So both dogs cover one outright winner there, of course, with the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, two overs. Not a bad night in the NBA for the abbreviated slate. And get ready because you got more NBA tonight going to take uh, center stage. You also have some college football here. Colorado State taking on Wyoming, and I'll give you the line here in a minute, but I do want to just remind you guys. Sunday night, next week I gave you the opening lines for the Thanksgiving games and Monday night football. And you know, this is not a <laughs> this is not a bad situation to uh not bad uh not a bad gambling you for yous right now. When you have kind of, when you have these kinds of historic numbers happening right now in the NFL, and there is no other word for it, guys. When I'm telling you right now, when you have dogs covering at over sixty percent or at least sixty percent, when you have short road dogs, because the Colts are just another example, shining example of what we continue to say is, ah, it's gonna. It's just going to keep going. It's going to go the other way. We keep waiting for it to happen and it doesn't happen. Well, then it's sometimes you got to just know when to say when and say, why am I fighting this? Why am I fighting this? Because ultimately, you know, one week, two weeks, you know, it's been historically in the past, early season through the first six weeks, seven weeks, the market adjusts. And all of a sudden, the numbers start becoming a little more realistic. So you don't have as many, you know, a lot of undervalued teams early on in the season. Everything kind of works itself out by the time you get to week eight or nine. And you're going, all right, not nearly as many dogs are winning. The favorites, the chalk begins to win. And if you're a contrarian better, you're trying to pick your spots in the middle of the season to the end of the season. Well, not this year. Not 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 this year, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Divisional unders last night again hit. Twenty-nine and twenty-two, divisional unders, okay? Fifty-seven percent now. Twenty-three and twelve is what the unders are. Sixty-six percent this year on primetime games. That being Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Uh this is just this time of year moving forward, guys, historically, this has been the best time to lean on divisional unders, especially the second time around now, like the Colts and the, uh, uh, like you had with the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans last night. These games become more meaningful. Um, it's also, you're not going to be able to outfox the other team and, put all these new wrinkles in, and you're not going to take as many chances. Again, Jacoby Brissett threw the ball 16 times, 17 times last night. They weren't taking any chances. They wanted to run the ball, control the clock. That was Frank Reich's plan last night. It's also why they lost. Well, they lost because they couldn't cover anybody. But you're going to start seeing this from this point on, guys. It has been historically profitable to lean on these divisional unders not just in primetime games but from this point on to the end of the season. And why is that important? Well, I'll tell you I'll give you the full numbers. Divisional unders from week 11 to 17 in the NFL season. Right now, guys, we're right in that stretch. Divisional unders. 56% since 2003. 377 and 298, guys. So that means a somebody that took 100 bucks and blindly bet from 2003 to today, every under in a divisional matchup from week 11 through week 17, they'd be up uh, over $6,000 this time. If the total, guys, and this is another important one, if the total is of at least 45 points or higher, it improves to 164 and 96. That is 63% since 2003. And I tell you these because, again, why fight it? Don't, you know, why fight it? It's not It's not worth fighting. Don't try to outsmart it. There is obviously, there is data to support it. And there's reasons behind it. It all makes sense, guys. Weeks 11 through 17, teams are in a different spot than they are through the first nine, 10 weeks of the season. These games, like that game last night, may, means so much more than it did when they met in week four or week five. They're different teams now. They're not going to take nearly as many chances. There's going to be injuries. So it all makes sense. But you got to keep that in mind as you look at some of these divisional matchups this Sunday. And that's why it's important to understand different parts of the season create different opportunities for sports bettors. It's it's been like that forever. Understanding the situation, understanding the time of the year, understanding where we are in the schedule and what these games mean. We have enough data, not only this year now, but of course in years past, where you got to take advantage of what we know to be true. More than 60% of the time, we know it to be true. So here's what we've got. Saints-Panthers, divisional matchup. The under is 47 this weekend. The Falcons-Bucks, divisional matchup, second time around, 51 and a half. Bengals, Steelers, under 38 and a half. I don't know you want to know who wants to watch that game. My word. 38 and a half. That seems way high. Um, Titans, Jags, another situation, under 41 and a half. So, understanding the situation, understanding what history tells us, it gives us a pretty good idea to go into these games and say, our initial thought, especially as somebody starting out, your initial thought, we are always programmed to take the favorite and to take the old. We want to see scoring. We want we the favorites are a better team. Stop yourself and remember these numbers. Keep an eye on the divisional unders this Sunday, and keep in mind the unders primetime games from here on out. Making it reigns coming up next. We'll do just that as we head into the weekend. I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go! There were stretches there, guys, that were just unbelievable, where they had a, a 12, 13-play drives where they ran the ball 10 times uh, in, in some of these uh, situations there. Uh, none of it made any sense that they just did not... Try to run the. Uh, they did not try to pass the ball to T.Y. Hilton at all last night. None of it made any sense. Now I don't know if it's because that T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he had a couple of drops that would have set up at least one scoring drive. I get it, but Jonathan Williams uh, and Nahima Hines. That's all they kept doing was try and pass the ball, and it really didn't make a difference. I don't know if that was the game plan, or maybe Hilton said, "I don't. I can't have a st-. I don't know what was going on there, but. They ran the ball a ridiculous amount of time. Jacoby Brissett, to put it in perspective here, guys, Jacoby Brissett threw for 129 yards, right? He only threw the ball 16 times. And again, I'll remind you, that secondary, almost dead last rated here over the last couple of weeks because of all the injuries and because you have backups and backups, backups. And for some reason, uh, Frank Reich and company thought it would be great if we just kept running the ball against the 29th ranked secondary the 29th-ranked defense against the pass, instead of trying to get the ball in any way, shape, or form through the air to a wide receiver of sorts, especially T.Y. Hilton, yeah, no, didn't work out. 129 yards, they were trying to play keep-away. The problem with playing keep-away is that if you're going to allow guys like, you know, Fuller and Hopkins to run free in the secondary, well, it's not going to take them very long to throw 50, 60-yard bombs, connect, and they'll score and they did it. They, I, you know, who am I to, uh, who am I to second guess here? But if you want to know why the Colts lost the Colts lost because they didn't throw the ball, as well, strange as that is. And I get that offensive line is good. And Williams had a great night guys. I mean, there's nothing to say. Those of you that had any of those uh, props with Jonathan Williams, good deal. I mean, he had over a hundred, he had 106 yards. He did have a touchdown. He had 26 carries. Uh, they just seemed like they were hell-bent on running the ball. That was it. I don't know if it was time of... You wanted to have time of possession. You wanted to keep them off the field. I get it. But in order for that to work, you actually have to cover somebody in the secondary. But when it was all said and done, it was a 20-17 to victory. And now, congratulations, the Texans really do have sole possession of first place in the AFC South. They also now put themselves in a pretty good position with the tiebreaker. Uh, so the Colts... You've now lost one out of your, you know, one out of last, uh, I think they're one and three in their last four. So something's got to give here. I know they've been decimated with injuries as well. you got to figure out a way to win these games, especially last night.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals.